0: Hey, I'm Pastor Steve Holt. I want to empower you today to walk in your true identity as a worshiper and warrior. Embrace the power of God's Word and the Holy Spirit. Today, be encouraged with a word from my guest speaker. Welcome to the Born for War podcast. For those who are new, my name is Pastor Steve Holt. (laughs) I got a little tan over the past couple months. (laughs) You know, that Portugal heat is no joke. (laughs) But (laughs) I'm playing. Uh, I guess pastor now, Emmanuel Mutui. So my title for today is Becoming a Kingdom of God Revolutionary. If you've been in this church long enough, the Kingdom of God Revolution should be something that you've heard a lot because Pastor Steve, I think, says every single time he speaks. And if you want to understand our church, you, you need to understand that statement. We are, th- this church exists to, cr- to have a Kingdom of God revolution in the Rockies. That's why we have the Unveiled Worship Conferences, the God, science, God Sex and Science Conference. We have the Men's Advance and the Wilderness Encounters. We have uh, Pam and the uh, Radical Resilience Ministry. We have Church Voter Guide. All these things we do in this church is to make that a reality, having a kingdom of God revolution in the Rockies. And so if you understand that, you'll know why. There's always something going on. Like we just had Praise with the Pros like two weeks ago. There's another conference coming up in the fall. There's always something going on. So that's the heartbeat of the church, and that's what uh, God gave Pastor Steve. But one day as I was doing camera, I used to be on tech, for those who didn't know that, I was on this cam. this used to be my fun camera, because this, you're mobile, you can get any shot. I was standing on over here, and I think this is as far as I can go, because I'm black, and if I go any further, I'll be in the dark. And, so, always stay in the light, that's another message. All right, let me get my, that's, there you go, but I was over there, so... I was over there trying to get a shot of, I forget what I was trying to do, I was trying to get a shot of the stage, and the Lord told me this, when you speak on that stage, I want you to speak on becoming a kingdom of God revolution, a revolutionary, and I was like, uh, what, this is about a year, year and a half ago, there was no shot in my mind that I'll be doing what I'm doing right now, but he was so confident, obviously, he knows what he was doing, so I'm standing over here. I guess kneeling on the side over there, and getting the shot, and trying to get the best angle I can. And then he tells me this, and I'm like, okay, we start this dialogue. And I ask him, like, what, why, like, why that message? And this is what he tells me: becoming a kingdom of God revolutionary in today's age is the most important thing because you do that by the way of the cross. If you want to have a revolution, a revival. That's your answer. Prayer meetings are great, and they, that is needed, but that's the first step. And we have so much, so much going on as far as trying to see that, but we skip like the basic steps. And actually, and then he added this. I was gonna skip this, but I think it's important. He said this: for Christ to do what He did on the earth, He had to go through the cross. Why do we think we're any different? Why do we think that we get to avoid the cross if he had to go through the cross? Are we special? Is it 2023 we've changed our ways? Because the Bible never changes. We must go through the cross just like he did because he's our template. He's our example. Matthew 16 verse 24. Let's turn there real quick. Look at what he says. Matthew 16, 24 to 26. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? If anyone desires to come after me, do we really want him? Or do we just want what he can provide for us? The more we desire him, the more we sacrifice for him. So I just got married about two weeks ago. (laughs) Thank you. And you know, when you're single, I guess when I was single, I thought I was the most sacrificial person in the world. And in my two weeks of being married, you now you learn a few things. Yeah, I've come to see I was not as sacrificial as I thought I was. Picture this you just got your, you know, you're on your couch. You got your blanket, tea for me, coffee for y'all, croissant, I love croissants, sat down, I'm about to watch my show, I'm excited, and you know, without naming names, (laughs) they ask, honey, and it's always so nice, honey, could you go get me whatever it is? And I'm like, I just, I'm tucked in. Like, I'm committed to my spot. But the more you desire someone, the more you, you can sacrifice for them. So, you know, I got to get up. I had a little attitude. I'm not going to lie. But the more we desire Christ, the more we can sacrifice for him. Do we want him bad enough that he, when he asks us to move to another city or country, we will? Do we want him bad enough that when he asks us to t- start playing games or whatever your favorite hobby is, you will? Or give up someone, which is always a hard one. How bad do we want him? Like I've mentioned, revival right now is a buzzword. Everybody is revival this, revival that, revival this. And it's good. Revival is good. For there to be a revival and a kingdom of God revolution, there must be people who have gone the way of the cross. It starts and ends with the cross. So why the cross? Why is the cross such a big deal now? If you look at the the tabernacle of Moses, there were seven key elements in the tabernacle. When you walked in, you first encountered the bronze altar. And then after that, you encounter the, the laver. So this was in the outer court. And then in the holy place, you had the lampstand, the table of showbread, and up ahead you had uh, the altar of incense. Oh, yeah. And then in the holy of holies, you had the Ark of the Covenant. And the historians say that between the holy of holies and the holy place was a curtain, and the the burning incense was right there, was right in the curtain. because prayer and worship is what God loves and it feeds him. And even in Revelation, you'll see that in Revelation 5, 8, right at the throne of God, there's a golden bowl full of incense. Prayer and worship is huge. That's why Brian exists, so we can have worship. That's why Josh Floyd is employed, so we can have prayer. And the important but the very first thing you encounter is not prayer and worship. It's a bronze altar. We somehow just skip over that and go all the way to prayer and worship. You can't be in the throne room without going through the altar, is what the tabernacle is telling us. You first sacrifice yourself, and then you wash yourself with the word, which is what the labor is, and then you go in the holy place and you encounter the revelation through the lampstand, and then with the table of showbread, you eat his body. You become one with Christ, and then you can pray. But these steps that we skip, and we just go at the end. For us to be effective in the kingdom of God, we must first be a sacrifice. That is the most important thing. The bronze altar is telling us, deny yourself and pick up your cross. The bronze altar is telling us what Christ just told us in Matthew. If anyone desires to come after me, you got to pick up your... Do you want him bad enough for that? So the reason why we deny ourselves and take up our cross is when we are taking up our cross, we're declaring one thing that God loves to hear. We are declaring our dependence on him. We're saying, God, I don't know exactly what you got planned. I don't know exactly what my future holds, but this is what you're asking me to do, and I'm going to pick this cross and say no to the things that the enemy is trying to make me say yes to and say no to the lures of the world and just look at you and and the cross. That's what denying ourselves looks like. That's what when you're declaring a dependence on God looks like. Because in the Garden of Eden, Genesis 3, we lost that. We lost that dependence on him because before the fall, God did everything for us. Adam just showed up. He had food. He had everything that he needed. And then a wife, poop showed up. I wish it was that easy, right? (laughs) Just wake up. Oh, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. But that was life before the fall. Then after the fall, we declared our independence from God and told God, I know you did everything for us before this, but we got it now. We'll take care of this. Just watch me do me, which is like the new phrase, let me do me. And then God one day hit me, he said, "I'ma le- let me be God. And I was like, okay. That is what denying ourselves and picking up our cross looks like saying God I need you I'm dependent on you in the garden God was our everything but today God is our sometime we sometimes worship him we sometimes pray to him sometimes rely on him you know when I feel like it I mean I wake up in the morning, nah, I don't want to read my Bible. I'll save that for later. For a lot of us in this room, God is not our king. He's just our genie. When I need something from him is when I, I got to pray. I got to do my PB&J. I got to do the things that I know I need to do. Only when we need something. The way of the cross, which is supposed to be the way of the believer is a life of total dependency on him. Y'all remember that rich young ruler, when he came to Christ and asked him, what must I do to be born again? What did Christ tell him? Go sell all your stuff and come. And we all know what he says, he went away sorrowful because he had a lot of wealth. When you have nothing, it's easy to trust in God because there's no really that much sacrifice because you're at the bottom. But when you have a lot to give or a lot that you've acquired, then that's when the test comes. See, when I moved here from Cincinnati, the Lord told me, I want you to move to Colorado Springs. I said, okay. I was very full of faith. I'll go to Colorado Springs as you've instructed me. Quit my job, I had a Chrysler 200, Packed everything up in that tiny car and drove across country with my sister and cousin. So, you know when God tells you to do something? At the beginning, it's all you're excited. Yes, I'm going to do it. You're fired up. And then when you're about to do it, it's like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> what did I say yes to? So that was me. like, Because it's a 20-hour drive from Cincinnati. So we got in the car, and all we put in the GPS was Colorado Springs because I didn't know where to go. I didn't have a place. So we hit Monument, and then my sister asked me, what address should I put in the GPS? (laughs) I just, (laughs) like, yeah, we need an address. And that's like when it really hit me, like, what are you doing? I just left everything to move here. And that's when you really test it. So we end up putting an address for a Holiday Inn, and they left the next morning, so I was just left by myself, with my thoughts, and my reality, like what am I going to do, I just moved here because I believed God, so at that point, it's very easy, because I didn't have anything, like I have nothing to lose, but to finish the story, oh, I forgot to tell you this, so tradition, I'm going to do this so that to keep in tradition, in Kenya, when you're telling a story, the first thing you say is story, story, and then the people respond, story time, so story, 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 story. Ah, imagine I just told the story. Now we're back to me. (laughs) So I'm (laughs) I'm in my hotel room, and I'm just thinking, like, what am I going to do? And this is how God is good. This is why the way of the cross is so much. It's very hard. Yeah, you have to make difficult choices, but He got you covered. Because what happened was, my roommate in college, his parents had just moved here maybe like three months before I moved. And he, I had told him just in passing, I'm going to move out here, and that was it. And so one day he just texted me, asked me, bro, when are you moving to Springs? And I had just chosen a date, August 28th or 29th. And so we're like, perfect, I think I'll be in town that week, let's meet up. Like, we did not communicate, it just happened to be here, we just happened to be here the same week. So, we, I move and I go hang out with his parents and look at God. So his parents just moved here and they were working as mission. They were working in a mission organization, and I we were hanging out and his dad was like, "Let's go to my office and see what's going on." And so he's just showing us around and all these kind of things. And the lady at the front desk, the original lady was not there that day. There was this uh, like a filling or a temporary job I forget what her her title was at that time she was just there for that day she's never there she just happened to be there and so my friend's dad tells her my story and she goes we have a huge house in Black Forest you can come stay with us and I'm just like what but God already had everything planned because I completely depended on him like I knew it was crazy and stupid to just move cross country but I trust God And that's the way way of the cross. God tells you, I want you to go, quit your job and go here. You do that because we depend on him because he's our everything. When he's your sometime, you'll probably say no. Like, no, I don't want that. But when he's your everything, you do whatever you have to do to fulfill your calling. Galatians 2.20, let's go over there real quick. I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This has probably been been my most impactful verse in my life. I've been crucified with Christ. I've been crucified with Christ. Crucifixion sucks. Crucifixion is a stripping process where he gets to expose everything in your heart, where he gets to expose your wounds, the things that you've hid for years. That's what being crucified with Christ means. Because Christ died naked on that cross. He was stripped naked for each and every one of us in this room. And when we say we're crucified with Christ, we let him strip us of everything. We all know that phrase, uh, put it on the altar. Like whatever it is, I'm just going to put this at the altar. And that used to be my phrase. And then one day the Lord told me, you realize when you put things on the altar, you get to decide what you put on the altar. So the better way to do it is if you stay on the altar and let me, Pull everything out that I want to pull out. And man, when I said yes to that, it began like, but so the past two years, I call it my heart surgery season, where God was just going to town. Like, I'm like, Lord, I think I'm good. Like, give me a break, because it will feel like every week he's just exposing stuff. I'm like, man, no, I'm only human. Like, <laughs> and it will feel like if you're uprooting a plant, like when you're just pulling a weed out the ground, just that, just that rip in motion, that's how we feel like. And that's when I learned true crucifixion. When we say I'm crucified with Christ, it's you on the altar and just God just yanking everything out. When you're crucified with him, you're completely stripped naked in front of him. We are totally dependent on him Because the biggest thing that, like the biggest barrier between you being crucified with Christ is you're afraid. You're afraid of what you'll find. You're afraid that if you let him in, you'll maybe see what you've been trying to avoid for the past couple years. Or maybe sometimes we're afraid because we think that we are not who we think we are. Like when he starts exposing us like all these different lies that have kind of prevented us from looking at our true selves in the mirror will be exposed. Because that's like the hardest thing ever. When you come face to face with who you are. But crucifixion fixes that. Denying yourself and picking up your cross daily is saying, Lord, this is me. And then Him, I'll tell you, I'll share this. I don't, God knows how to just make you share stuff you don't want to share. But as you see, I'm black and I'm from Kenya, and one of my biggest lies that the enemy just used for some reason to prevent me from being who God called me to be was, and I don't even know where I picked it up, it was this lie that told me because I'm Kenyan and because I'm from Africa, I can never amount to much. And it just weighed on me. And I, I didn't even realize. Like, I would say no to things and opportunities. I was like, I can't do that. But then the crucifixion process started. And then I saw that that was a lie that just dominated me. And we all have those lies that you just somehow pick up through life. Like, you don't even know. I don't even know where it came from. But I remember one day, because the Lord showed it to me, and I was just doing everything I can to avoid that, because I'm like, I am not trying to deal with that right now and he just just he just taught me one day and he was like listen for you to be everything that i've called you to be this is something that you have to deal with you have to deal with this you have to get on the cross and obviously i did and obviously i'm here but we have to do that and that's why crucifixion as much as it sucks We have to go through it because you, you honestly, it's you preventing yourself from being everything that God has called you to be. So one day I was, I used to have like an hour drive to work, so I had a lot of conversations with the Lord. So all these stories that you're hearing is from that hour commute. But in that hour commute, ah, story, story. (laughs) Story, story. So, in the hour commute one day, the Lord asks me this, son, you know I can see everything in your heart and in your mind. It's like, yeah. Then why don't you share stuff with me? Why do you feel the need to hide things that I can already know is there? And as parents, obviously I'm not a parent, so I cannot relate, but you guys, with parents, with kids, you'd rather if your kid owns up to something than if you find them, Right? And it's the same thing with the Lord. He rather us bring whatever it is to him than him finds out, or like he catches us in the act, because that's what crucifixion is. He's saying, Lord, I'm bringing everything to you. You don't got to find me out. And that's just being intimate with him. That's just saying, come on in, because remember, in Revelation, he tells us, I stand at the door and knock. Who will let me in? And so in the same verse, Galatians 2.20 says, but Christ lives in me. We must be Christ inside-minded. When we focus on everything that's going on out here, we'll be completely distracted and we'll completely miss our, our aim or where we're trying to go because He's in us. The God of the universe, He's in you. Not out there. Well, he's out there too, but He's in here too. So we have to focus in here. We need to realize, actually, until you realize that you are with Christ and He dwells in you, you will not be able to deny yourself and pick up your cross. He must be your all. Everything must be focused on Him. And especially at times that we live in today. I feel like that was an incentive enough to just focus on Christ just because... There's so much crap going on in our world. How, how are we not choosing to go the way of the cross? How are we not saying, God, I'm going to hide in your, sh- in your shelter? Because you know the way. So as, since I, I already said I lead young adults, I get to see a lot of our young adults just try to find answers everywhere but the right place and all of you can relate you've been there you it's everything by Christ and as a parent I'm sure you guys can you know that hurts if your child goes to everybody but you for answers that has to be disappointing and that's how God feels when we go to everything but him everything but the one who has all the answers how how would you feel only Jesus, Jesus is the only way. That's why Jesus told the disciples, "If you want me, you must pick up that cross," because our our answers, our solutions to everything, is found in that cross. But because we're so afraid of that crucifixion process, we just stiff from it. You can never know Christ until you go through the cross. You can never know who you are until you go through the cross. Your life will never be what he intended until you go through the cross. It's painful. It sucks. Yes. But there's more, much more in, in the cross. One of the mandates that Christ gave each and every one of us is to go in the world and make disciples. That's what, I know Kenny, that's what's fired up for. Marcus Everybody's, we should be focused on that. But we can never truly be disciple, disciples getters, if that is a proper English term, if you don't go through the cross. Because if you don't go through the cross, everything is on your time. But when you go through the cross, everything is on his time. He's number one. Now, whatever you wanna do. The laborers are few because nobody wants to pick up their cross and become a kingdom of God revolutionary. I'm just, in full disclosure, about two weeks ago, my barber, I get a haircut every week, as you can see. <laughs> got be fresh. He, uh, he committed suicide. And I guess something has shifted in me. Because I, I, mean, I knew him every week. We're talking. But I was always focused on making sure I I look fresh. Not focused on bringing the kingdom of God in the barbershop. How many of, wow, nope, nope, not gonna cry. How many of us have, chosen ourselves instead of the cross and let opportunities pass us by. The time is short. We don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know. Like I had no idea he was going to do what he did. Is it about us or about him? Is it about having a kingdom of God revolution in our city, our job, or about having a personal revolution. I'm just on another, since that, uh, everything has, that's the only thing that matters to me right now. Because I don't know if I'll see you tomorrow, but he knows that. And he might tell us, I need you to go speak to this person today because they needed to hear what you had to offer. But because I'm afraid, because I don't want to be embarrassed or look foolish, I say no. And I miss a God opportunity. We all want to walk in the same anointing as an Elijah or Elisha or the people in the Bible or the apostles. And that's a great desire to have. But are we willing to pay the cost that they paid? I mean, if you look at the the Fox Book of the Martyrs, what people did or are doing right now for the cross is way more than what we're doing. It's time. It's time for all of us to stop living in our shadows and step in the light. Thank you for listening to the Born for War podcast. We hope today's message has empowered you to make a difference in your world. To connect with Pastor Steve's sermons, books, and blog, visit steveholtonline.org. God bless.